Hello and welcome to CART, a podcast about coffee and related topics. My name is Joseph Jenkins, owner and lead educator of Sustained Coffee Company. We are so thrilled that you've chosen to listen to our podcast today. Episode 39. Brewing specialty coffee with a Keurig? Before getting into this week's episode, we have a few things we want to inform you about this episode specifically. Firstly is that there will be no What You Drinking segment, as this was a YouTube video that we recorded originally, and it just didn't make it into the script. Secondly is that this is a YouTube video. It may not be uploaded just yet as of the listening date of this podcast. However, it will be going up quite soon. We encourage you to get subscribed to our YouTube channel by searching Sustain Coffee Company on YouTube and get informed there. This is a great video visually and it helps us understand a lot of the things that we talk about, especially when we start looking at graphs, charts, and all of our data. We hope to see you on there. In the meantime, enjoy this week's episode. Can we brew specialty coffee with a Keurig? The Keurig is the bane of every purist existence, especially those in the honeymoon phase of coffee. So let's look at what we're gonna be covering today. Firstly, we have our history. We're gonna talk about what it is, how it got started. Next, we're gonna talk about the function, the appeal, and some pricing information. Next, we're gonna look at some experiments and data review from the experiments that we conducted. And then we're gonna give a bit of reality check. And that's gonna be where we say, do we want this? Do we throw it away? Do we go buy one? Stay tuned to find out. Our initial impressions are that the Keurig leans towards under extraction due to low brew temperatures, insufficient grind size, and rapid brew times. We're hoping that we can bypass these negative elements by using our own reusable pods and paper filters and maybe even brewing twice. We're going to be measuring total dissolved solids and determining extraction yield percentages along with general taste impression. But before getting into the experiments and looking at the numbers, let's take a moment and look at the history of the Keurig coffee makers here. The word Keurig is a way to say excellent and and know that. Originally founded in 1992, the first brewing systems launched six years later in 1998. For the first six years after 98, the brewers were exclusive to the office market, and it would not be until 2004 that they were brought to the home market. Shortly after being in the home market, Green Mountain Coffee Roasters acquired Keurig. This acquisition gave both brands accelerated growth. Keurig maintained a patent on K-cup pods until 2012, where upon expiration, new off-brand models and pods began coming to the market. In an attempt to stay ahead of the competition, they launched the Keurig 2.0, which only works with Keurig branded pods. Very clever. A couple years went by and Keurig and Green Mountain Coffee became one singular company with a new name Keurig Green Mountain. Continuing this acquisition trend, JAB Holding Company purchased the brand in 2016, only to be merged two years later in 2018 with Dr. Pepper Snapple Group. This made the brand what it is today, one of the largest beverage companies in North America. So right now, you may be wondering yourself, why Keurig? Why would someone invent such a product? This requires looking at the founders, old college roommates John Sylvan and Peter Dragon. After quitting his tech job in the 90s, Sylvan found himself on a personal mission to fix one of his common office coffee annoyances. Quote, a full pot of brewed coffee which sits and grows bitter and dense and stale. End quote. According to an article published by The Atlantic, quote, John Sylvan did not have a particular passion for coffee, but he was drinking 30 to 40 cups a day. End quote. 
After a few years of tinkering though, he bought in Dragon to help craft a business plan and in 1992, the brand was officially founded. The prototypes were not going great and the brand desperately needed capital. In steps Green Mountain Coffee Roasters with initial investments, then after a few more exchanges with investors, Sylvan had a hard time working with these new stakeholders. And he stepped out completely in 97, with Dragon falling a few months later. Now there's a new chairman, Larry Kerman. Finally, with the capital they needed, they launched their first model, the B2000. The launch and the products succeeding the B2000 were a hit, with 10,000 commercial machines being sold in 2002. Fast forward to the present, and now 40% of the US owns a single cup brewing machine. Slide aside, trip machines? There are a few other important historical factors, especially surrounding environmental issues and rifle flack that Keurig has received over the years. But we're gonna move on for the sake of speed today. So let's move on and look at the function, appeal, and some price references. Check out this quote directly from Keurig's website on how exactly they function. Quote, the machines brew the K-cup beverage by piercing the foil seal with a spray nozzle while piercing the bottom of the plastic pod with a discharge nozzle. Grounds contained inside the K-cup pods are in a paper filter. Hot water is forced under pressure through the K-cup pod, passing through the grounds and through the filter. A brewing temperature of 192 Fahrenheit, 89 degrees Celsius, is the default setting, with some models permitting users to adjust the temperature downward by 5 degrees. End quote. Okay. We get it. Fill the Keurig with water, slap a pot in the brew chamber, and press a button. But why would someone want to brew through the Keurig? What are the advantages? It does not take much pondering to see at least two factors that make the Keurig so appealing, especially to the Western market. Time and simplicity. If the user brews the way that Keurig wants them to, they never have to spend time adjusting variables. They don't have to grind their coffee, or even spend time cleaning up a mess, or worry about their coffee going stale. If a said user knows how to use a faucet, press a few buttons, then they're well on their way to becoming a successful Keurig brewer. <laughs> the time to brew is so rapid that one could simply start the brewing process, step away, wash their hands, and their beverage would be done before they even have a chance to grab for a towel to dry their hand. Okay, here comes the price references. When purchasing Keurig pods directly from their website, it breaks down to around 59 cents per pod, assuming that at best there are 14 grams of coffee in each of these. But in reality, we have found that most Keurig pods are not 14 grams. In fact, most of them land in the 9 to 10 gram range. So if we were to assume that a normal retail bag of coffee costs us $20 and that bag has 340 grams of coffee in it, if we were to use a reusable Keurig pod plus that fresh coffee, using 14 grams of coffee, it would be about 83 cents a pod. But if we remember that reality is few Keurig pods have that much coffee and you say nine or 10 grams of coffee, that would equal 53 cents a pod. It's six cents cheaper than buying a Keurig branded pod. The cost of store-bought pods versus fresh coffee, they're pretty comparable. There's some other things that we found interesting about the Curex functionality. The water inside the reservoir is not as warm as we expected. We thought the reservoir functioned as somewhat like an electric kettle that maintained a constant temperature, where it had heated up and maintained. What we found is that this is only partially true. The temperature does stay at a constant temp when brewing, but only for the amount of water that is needed to brew. We lifted up the top of the reservoir, quite literally stuck our hand in it to see if it was warm or not, and to our surprise, it was room temperature. 
The model that we did use did not have an extra filter inside of the reservoir as well. The differences in the small, medium, and large buttons on the Keurig are only a mere two ounces or 56 grams or milliliters between each. The true sizes of the brewing buttons on the Keurig machine are as follows. Small is six ounces, 174 milliliters. Medium is eight ounces, 232 milliliters. And large is 10 ounces, 283 milliliters. Now, there's a certain amount of coffee needed with each of these increments that are needed to meet a 1 to 16 coffee to water ratio. For small, we would need around 10.9 grams. For medium, we would need about 14.5 grams. And for large, we would need 18.31 grams. And the true ratio with the standard Keurig pod ends up being, respectively, from small, medium, and large. Small is 1 to 12.46. Medium is 1 to 16, the ideal, more or less industry standard ratio, and large is 1 to 15.45. And these ratios are assuming that you are using a standard K-Cup branded pod. While the original designers wanted to get away from stale, hour-old coffee, they succeeded in fixing one issue. However, this solution created another problem, an issue that we could simply define as uneven extraction with an emphasis on under-extraction. Now that we've made some observations, we can finally get into our data and review some of our numbers. Looking at the chart, pods on average contain a range of 9 to 14 grams of coffee. The numbers on our chart give the benefit of the doubt to the pods, assuming that they have the more favorable higher dosage of 14 grams. Our initial thought was that using the largest brew option could have had the potential to be the best option since the extra water output causes longer contact time. However, after looking at the table, we can see that the medium setting seems to be the best for achieving an ideal coffee to water ratio. Let's look at another chart that has further numbers. We see our next chart having small, medium, and large, again being the top categories. The time with no pod, no coffee being brewed whatsoever, just water being pushed through is for small, 25 seconds, for medium, 27 seconds, and for large, it's 30 seconds. The temperature whenever the water hits the cup underneath the brewer is between all three of these sizes, 68 Celsius or 155 degrees Fahrenheit. The brew time though with a standard pod is from small to large, 30 seconds, 33 seconds, and 36 seconds. If you look at the numbers here, especially referring to time, we're dealing with espresso brewing speeds here. No wonder that under extraction is an issue, since true espresso requires high pressure met with a fine grind size. When we tore open a Keurig pod to determine what sort of grind size we were dealing with, we found ourselves quite surprised that it was finer than anticipated. Still, with such rapid brew times, we felt that the grind could be and should be a touch finer. One experiment we wanted to try was running the pod through multiple times to try and get a more even extraction. This would likely require a coarser grind as well as a higher dose of coffee. Due to this, we decided to leave that for later experimentation. We can then continue by looking at some more of our experiments and maybe some possible issues. This next chart has the most data out of all of our charts, so we really encourage you to go online to our YouTube channel and see it visually there, but we will try our best quickly to explain it. The top of the chart has four categories, brew time, brew weight, total dissolved solids, and extraction yield percentages. On the left-hand side of the column, we have Keurig pod, reusable pod with a Keurig pod grind, a reusable pod with a Keurig pod grind plus filtered post-brew 
And finally, we have a reusable pod with a finer grind. Now, let's go through each of those things, starting with Keurig Pod. Keurig Pod, the brew time was 31 seconds, whereas the reusable pod was a minute and 25. The reusable pod plus filtered ended up being around three minutes, including the filtering time. And the reusable pod with a finer grind size was a minute and 45 seconds. The brew weights of each of these, respectively, was 217 grams, 210 grams, 152 grams, and 207 grams. The total dissolved solids percentages for each of these was 0.71%, 0.90%, 1%, 1.10%, which was our reusable pod with a finer grind. The extraction of percentages for each of these four categories was 11%, 13.5%, 10.85% and 16.26%. We realized that was a lot of numbers, a lot of things floating around your head. So please go check out the video to get a further understanding of this chart specifically. To begin, we did our best to match the grind size of a standard Keurig pod and decided to use the higher dosage of 14 grams in order to achieve this 1 to 16 coffee to water ratio. We were not satisfied with how our first reusable pod tasted. The amount of oils were too high, and while some used reusable pods and had the options for placing the filters inside, ours did not. This led us to simply running the brewed coffee through a standard V60 filter, which you'll see on the chart. And it did make the cup more pleasant, but it took away too many of the oils. The final set of numbers on our chart with the finer grind size proved to be the best tasting and the most evenly extracted. Despite the total dissolved solid and extraction yield percentage numbers reflecting under extraction, the final pod was certainly the most pleasant tasting. But did it taste great? Not really. And did it taste like bad drip coffee? Kind of. Was it doable for the average consumer though? Yes. What are some other possible issues? Well, we have inconsistent results due to pods varying in dosages, the wastefulness that is using plastic pods, wastefulness of coffee if brewed at some random ratio, confusion in how much time it should take to brew drip-like coffee, uneven or under extraction, and these are all due to rapid brew times met with inappropriate grind size. Reality checking and give some final thoughts. The reality is that the Keurig was never designed for those seeking a heightened coffee experience. When we reflect upon the history of the brand and see how it was originally a hopeful idea for better office coffee, we see that it has not really done much beyond that. Sure, the Keurig will taste fresher than that of the coffee that's been sitting in the office bun machine all day, but is that enough to consider it good? We have determined that in the best scenario, as of this recording, is to utilize reusable pods and use coffee that's freshly ground at a finer setting. This maximizes the potential for the Keurig to brew at a rapid brewing speed, because it's going to do that. We feel that we've given it our due diligence, and before starting the product project here, we were oddly optimistic and had hopes that we could really make the Keurig shine. We found that the Keurig can brew decent coffee when using the correct variables, but using disposable pods that do not brew properly makes us reluctant to suggest these brewing devices to anyone. For nearly the same amount of time you could spend on the Keurig, you can make a pretty good AeroPress. If you're buying the Keurig for the convenience factor, 
we'd recommend getting a decent home machine. But seriously, get an AeroPress. What are your thoughts on the Keurig Brewers? Do you have any recommendations on how to get the most out of brewing with one? Or maybe you've done some experiments of your own or have some brewing parameters that you think would be helpful. Please let us know your thoughts and we'll be happy to discuss them right here on the show. And please share this episode and this entire podcast with people you know. Maybe someone who knows a lot about coffee or a little bit about coffee. Really anyone who you think might enjoy it as much as we enjoy it. Also, be sure to check out this episode in its video form when it goes up on YouTube. Get subscribed to Sustain Coffee Company on YouTube to be the first to know when that video goes live. We're so thankful for you for listening to this week's episode. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of CART. Do you have a topic that you would like to have covered on the show? Or perhaps you have thoughts about the specific episode that you would like to chime in on? You can. We can be reached at several places. On Instagram, 901SustainCoffee, by email, 901SustainCoffee at gmail.com. You can also send a voice message directly by visiting anchor.fm slash 901CART. You'll see a button to send your voice message where we can include it on the show. There are a lot of great resources on our website, too. Head over to 901SustainCoffee.com for brew guides, recommended resources, and a wealth of other content. No thought or opinion is insignificant to us. Please don't hesitate to let your voice be heard. Until next time.